Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy folks and welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I want to tell you about my new invention, the chip. But before I do that, I want to make a little technical disclaimer here. This morning, my rooster has decided he just feels like crowing. So you may hear him crowing in the background. And uh, so forgive me for that. I do live on a little farm and sometimes you'll hear the donkeys. And in a few episodes, I've very faintly in the background heard the dog barking. So just forgive me for that. It's uh, just a little bit of the flavor of where I hang my hat. So let's get on with this episode today. I want to tell you about my new invention. It's the chip. It's the chip. Now you might have seen on the credit cards, they're now implanting this little microchip in the credit card. And instead of swiping your card through, you poke it in the little thing and it reads this stuff and it puts data about you. There's probably more on that chip than Google has on you. But the chip, well, I've been studying up on this technology and what I've done, I went and I took Earl Scruggs' banjo book. We all know the classic book. Uh, I, I forget the title of it right now. I think it's Earl Scruggs and the Five String Banjo. I don't have my copy laying around here. Usually, I mean, for 35 years, I've had that book laying around. I just don't have it handy. I'll put a link to that book. If you're a banjo player, this is like, I don't, I don't mean to make this a religious show, but if you're a Christian, you probably have a Bible, you know? Well, if you're a banjo player, that's the Bible. Everybody should have it. I, you know, for me, it wasn't the greatest way to learn, but it contained the scripture of Earl, you might say. So get Earl's book. Get the old version if you can. They modified it and revised it and everything. They're both good. I have them both, of course. You got to have them. Now, on to my invention, the chip. So what I've done is I went through the original Earl book. And I've done a lot of programming and things like this. And what I have... What I have now, it's a prototype right now, but it's proven it actually works. It's this little gizmo. It's about a half an inch by half an inch and about as thick as a credit card. And I'll tell you how you can get one of these when I finish. But this little thing, it's just a little square little thing. What you do is you place it on... You take this little object and you place it on the tip of your right hand middle finger. Just balance it right there. And then very carefully tilt your head to the right a little bit and you press this against your right temple. Now you just hold that little chip against your right temple. Now what you need a you need a, a stopwatch or look at a clock or something. And you just hold it there for, it, it only takes 30 seconds. It's actually already happening right now. 
it's pressure actuated. So when you press it just slightly against your forehead, it begins the process of downloading. You need to hold there 30 seconds and try not to move, try not to make a lot of noise. Just to be safe, leave it up there 45 seconds or a full minute. Hold that thing against your right temple. You can just close your eyes and sit there. Okay, what it, what happens when you put the chip... Oh, by the way, you have to put the... There's a side marked with a red dot. That's the side that goes toward your temple. So you put that against your head. And you press it there. And you just wait. Now, the entire contents of Earl's banjo book is on that chip. Every tune in the book. And all the exercises... I don't know if you've ever looked at that book, but it, at the beginning it shows a little exercise and it says play 1,000 times. And then it has another exercise, play 1,000 times. And I think most people just think that's kind of a ha-ha joke. Uh, but I think he was serious because you're not going to learn to do anything until you've done it at least 1,000 times. Anyway, so you're holding the little chip. Just These are the instructions. Hold it against your temple quietly. And just wait. And after 45 seconds, it should have fully, completely downloaded. And then you can take it off and just put it over on your nightstand or something. The chip has all of the information. It has every note of all of Earl's songs. Flint Hill Special, Foggy Mountain Breakdown, Randy Lynn Rag, Earl's Breakdown. All that stuff's on there. Plus all the exercises and all the chord knowledge that's in the first part of the book. And by the way, it's pretty well known that Earl himself did not write that book. Uh, Bill Keith, who is the uh, founder or the, the main, the main um, well, let's just say he was the first guy to be recognized for playing what is known as melodic banjo. Bill Keith, as I understand it, wrote all those tabs of Earl's playing and went to Earl and approached him and said, Hey, I have all this stuff. I want to do a book on your playing. And the rest is history, as we say. And in the original version of the book, I think it came out in 1968. It's, you know, thanks, special thanks to, I can't remember if it said Bill Keith or Brad Keith, but Bill Keith and Brad Keith are the same guy. Um, his name was Bill Keith, but when he joined the Bluegrass Boys in 1963 as the banjo player, Bill Monroe, from a marketing perspective, thought, well, it's not good to have two Bills in the band, so he called him Brad. So Brad Keith and Bill Keith, same guy, incredible musician. He created that book. So let's get back to the chip. So... Now you've completed the download, and what happens is it's not just the notes of the songs, but what's actually on the chip are the actual instructions for your muscles. So I won't go into a long you know, discussion of how I did this, but all of your muscles are controlled by your mind, by your brain. Well, these things can be recorded. So we take a song, we play it into the computer, 
the computer analyzes it and determines which what all the timing is for each particular muscle in your forearm of both the left and right hands. It's a lot like programming a robot to paint a Toyota. So it's coming down the line and maybe, you know, there's some welding robots and there's painting robots and put the dash in robot. All these little steps, all these motions have been programmed in the robot. Well, that's what you are as a player. So we've pre-programmed those precise muscle controls. We're not really putting in the notes. What we're doing is telling your middle finger when to pluck the first string. And then we're telling your index finger to move slightly closer to the fourth string and wait for so many milliseconds and then retract, pluck the third string, and then we fire. So it's all these programming steps of programming the thumb index middle, TIM. So we've analyzed every step of that and the actual signals that go to your muscles to control that are programmed in. Also, as a special bonus, we have programmed into the, the download the instructions for certain muscles to do nothing because it's very important when you're playing that some of your muscles don't do anything. Uh, for example, it, if you're a banjo player, you may have occasionally noticed your hand. Your they, they always tell you, you know, put your third finger, your ring finger, your pinky, one or both down on the head and just touch the head lightly. I say that in my book. It helps keep you located so that your fingers can find the strings. And if you, while you're playing, you raise your hand up, you'll, you might lose your reference point. So we've programmed that into the chip, so you do not have to worry about accidentally raising your hand or getting out of position. None of your other muscles are going to interfere. So we got all that worked out. So all of these instructions, it's more than just the notes, it's the physical instructions, the programming of all of your muscles to be able to play. And it's really great because when you complete the download process, here's what I want you to do. Just set the chip aside and go get your banjo. Tune. Uh, we, By the way, we did not include tuning because everybody's instrument's a little bit different. You know, your instrument might have tuners on the side and this guy's got tuners on the bottom. So we didn't include tuning. You know, you can go watch how to tune a banjo on YouTube or something. Get your banjo and tune. Now that you have downloaded the contents of the chip by pressing it to your temple, just put the banjo on. All right, now, hit it. Play Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Let's go. 150 beats a minute. Hit it. And you're playing. Man, you're looking down at your hands and you don't even know how this is happening. I mean, you're even playing the up-the-neck break. And the up-the-up-the-neck break. God, this feels so good. You finish that. Give me a little Cripple Creek. Bam, you hit it. You were just wailing on Cripple Creek. No effort, no practice. All you had to do was download from the chip. It's got all the notes and it has all the muscle instructions. It's all in that chip. Now I want you to think about this. If today I said... 
go to my webpage, go to bradleylaird.com slash the chip. By the way, that page does not really exist. Get out your credit card and buy the chip. Would you buy it? I'm only asking $999.99. And by the way, I will include a free tuning MP3 track with that. So a thousand bucks. Would you pay a thousand dollars to be able to play every tune in Earl's book? Reuben, the Martha White theme, Sally Gooden, Sally Ann, instantly. Well, not instantly. It takes you, you're going to have to wait for UPS to bring it to you. (laughs) They may bring it with a drone and leave it on your porch. And obviously you're going to have to pay for it. And you're going to have to spend a couple minutes opening up the thing, reading the little brochure, sticking it on your forehead, and then you're off to the races. Would you pay $1,000 for that? You know what? I might. Man, that would be pretty cool. Because is not that what we're all trying to do? We all want to be really good. And if we could just pay some money to make that happen instantly with no work, would would we be willing to do that? I think most of us would be. And therein lies the marketing of everybody who's selling music instruction materials and probably instructional materials for any other topic. But it's the thing they're not ever going to tell you. Me, I kind of take the reverse marketing approach. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. Here's the truth. That chip does not exist. You knew that. You were playing along. There is no such thing. You can't just stick something on the side of your forehead and hold it and play like Earl. It ain't going to happen. They will never invent that, I say. Oh, you know, Ray Kurzweil, he might disagree, but I say that's never going to happen. And at least let's just look at ourselves today. Here we are, This is the year 2017 for you archaeologists who have dug up this old podcast from 400 years ago. This is 2017. That technology does not exist. But the marketing for almost everything implies that it does exist. Use my lessons. Use my plan. Sign up for my subscription service. Get this gizmo. Get that gizmo. The four-note easy blues solo. <laughs> you know, if you've been on my, my website, bradleylaird.com, little plug there. If you've been there, I have some Google ads. You know, I'm trying to make the site pay for itself. So if somebody clicks on one of those ads, I might get four cents. You know, <laughs> four cents doesn't buy much, let me tell you. But those ads are there, and I go to my own site, and I look at it, and I see that Easy four-note blues solo. Well, that guy is using the same marketing principle that I was laying on you with the chip. The $999.99 instant banjo player, master of the banjo chip. It's the same principle. And I probably do that a little bit myself. I mean, you, you have to do it a little bit because people want instant 
gratification. They want instant results. They want fast results. And it's pretty easy to, you know, delude people and convince people that, hey, I got an easy way. But instant gratification is not really how it works. And I know I'm violating the number one rule of marketing here. <laughs> you know, I've probably never been very good marketing, but at marketing because I tend to want to tell you the truth. So anyway, let's look at a couple other um, examples of instant gratification. You know, I've mentioned in a previous podcast that I spent a lot of years as a piano tuner, piano technician, piano rebuilder. That was my day job so that I could get off whenever I wanted to, to go play a gig. I got two lessons to teach this afternoon and we're going to a festival this weekend. You know, that really worked nicely with my schedule. And it was fascinating. I, you know, the internal workings of a piano to me are interesting. So l- let's, let's talk about a little thing called the player piano. And I used to hate encountering player pianos. Somebody would call me to come tune their piano and I walk in, uh, it's a player. I always hated them because as a tuner, first of all, the keys are a little bit longer. And so I'm talking about an upright piano. And so you have to lean over just a little bit in order to get your tuning hammer up on the tuning pins. You have to lean, and it's that feeling you get in your lower back when you're working on your car. You know, you're trying to, like, wire up a new voltage regulator or put in a water pump. You're standing out there with your, you know, you're leaning against the bumper, and you're having to, everything you do is leaning forward, and you're off balance, and it gets very tiring, and that's the way player pianos are, and that's why I have a general hatred for player pianos, plus the mechanism. And I'm talking about the old-timey player pianos with all the little bellows and vacuum hoses running everywhere. It's a crazy thing. Well, all that contraption is right in your face. When you open up the piano to tune it, all that stuff is in your way. So they're, they're, they're a pain to tune. I don't like tuning them. And I don't repair them and I don't work on them because they're, they're just crazy Rube Goldberg contraptions. But let's talk about the player piano. Why does the player piano exist? It's a marketing tool. You know, you can sell a person a piano and then they have to learn to play it. And they have to learn to play it the hard way. Books, lessons, and a lot of practice if you want to hear anything good come out of that piano. Now, the guy down at the piano store, he demonstrates it. No, it sounds great. And you buy it and you bring it home, but you can't play anything. You know, you're playing chopsticks. You know, to get to where you can actually play the piano and enjoy it at its fullest, you got a lot of work ahead of you. That's true for pianos or banjos or mandolins or fiddles, anything. So they come up with the player piano. They devise the self-playing piano. You buy the roll. You get the, the roll of, uh, I don't know, Jelly Roll Morton. <laughs> and you, you just put that in there, and it's just like my chip. It's got all the programming to control the movement of all the keys and hammers and dampers and pedals. It's all programmed in that roll of paper. And then you, you put it on there and you wind it back to the start and you stand back 
and you start pumping those pedals down by the floor. You're powering this thing with an air motor. You're pumping those bellows and you throw the little lever and it starts rolling and that thing plays. My God, it's playing itself and it sounds great. And you pump and you pump until you get to the end. Wow, wasn't that cool? But did you play it? No. You know, you turned it on and you pumped the pedals. It is really cool. A player piano is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But if you want to get real satisfaction out of music, you have to be the one doing it, not some machine, be it the chip, which just turns you into a machine, or the player piano. And by the way, now they have player pianos that are all electronic, electric and electronic. You got a disc drive, you got to, you know, you put your SD card in it and it has all the whatever songs on it. And you got a little digital LCD display. You pick the song you want, you program, you want to hear some jazz, just put in the jazz card and hit play. And they've now moved all of the workings of it down below the key bed. And there's a whole bunch of solenoids under there that are fired that lift up on the back end of the key. Where in normal playing, you would press down the front of the key to raise the back end. It's like a lever, like a seesaw. That's the way piano keys function. So they just shortcut that. Go to the back and put in a whole row of these solenoids that push up on the keys. And program the computer, instant piano play. And they're really neat. For the guy that invented it, the guy that created the player piano mechanism, I have a lot of respect for that person. It's a crazy thing. It's complicated. And it took a lot of work to work out the details and to build a prototype and to put it into production. That man... I'm assuming it was a man. It probably was because of the time period it was invented. That guy, he got tremendous satisfaction out of inventing and creating the player piano mechanism. And when he stood back and pushed that button and it played, he had a lot to be proud of. But as a player, as a person who purchases a piano, turns on the player mechanism, stands back and listens to it, he doesn't really have near as much satisfaction. It's instant gratification. Oh, it is fun to watch, listen to. It's, it's a cool thing. But it's the kind of thing that maybe somebody who's too lazy to actually take piano lessons, he'll get this. And at parties and stuff, he'll impress his friends with it. And it, it lets people know that he's got a little bit of money to throw around on stuff that he doesn't really need. You know, it's a luxury. And look, isn't that cool? And everybody's standing around with a drink in their hand watching the piano play itself. It is cool. But when the party's over and everybody goes home, there's this player piano, but the owner, he can't even play chopsticks. So in deep inside, He's not really getting much satisfaction out of having a player piano. Now, there's a, another little gizmo, and you can still buy this. When I was a kid, 
I remember seeing on TV, uh, TV is a great place to hear a lot of nonsense. There was a little device that would, a commercial would come up and it was, now it's called the Cord Buddy. I don't know what it was called back then. I, I think it was called something different. But let me describe Cord Buddy. And by the way, if you go to my show notes, just go to grasstalkradio.com slash, well, slash nothing, grasstalkradio.com. Go there, go down to this episode and click on it. That'll take you to the show notes page for this particular episode. Right there, I'll put a link to the Cord Buddy. And I don't mean this to bash the Cord Buddy. I just want to show it to you and remind you of it. Maybe back in the 70s, you saw this when it when it came out and there was a TV commercial for it. They're still selling this thing. And maybe it's a different, slightly different, but essentially the same thing. Here's what the Chord Buddy is. The Chord Buddy is this little contraption. And if you're a guitar player, just think capo. That you clamp onto the guitar neck. It goes up there near the headstock. It covers the first three frets of the guitar. And instead of you taking your left hand and forming a G chord, let's say, you don't do that. You push the red button. It's a little contraption that just has four buttons on it. (laughs) They're color coded to make it really easy for you. You got red, yellow, blue, and green, I think. So you push the red button. And when you push that button down, these little, little things inside this plastic gizmo press down on the strings exactly where you need to put your fingers to play a G chord. So you just push the red button, strum the guitar, instant G. Push the blue one, C chord. You know, and so you have four chords. There are four chords programmed into the little gizmo. And really it's not a new idea. It, it, is, it is exactly the idea of an auto harp. If you're familiar with an auto harp, I'll also put a link about auto harps on the show notes page. An auto harp is essentially a harp and it has every note of the scale, strings tuned for every note of the scale, and it has these bars that run across the strings and they're marked with chord names. So if you push the C button, and you press it down, this little bar goes down, and it's made of, uh, the bottom of it is made of felt. So if you had a continuous strip of felt, and you pressed it down, and you strum the auto harp, no strings would make any sound. So what they do is they cut a little notch in that felt strip, and they allow just the notes of the C major chord to vibrate freely. So when you press this bar down, and you strum, you get an instant C chord. Press the D7 chord, you get a D7. Press C minor, you get a C minor. And it seems like the greatest thing ever. You don't have to train your, like in a guitar, you don't have to train your hand how to form chords. You just push a button and strum the auto harp. It's a neat invention. I have one. I bought one at a pawn shop. They're really cool. And you can be really, really good at the auto harp. There are some things you can do with an auto harp that I don't think you'll be able to pull off with the Chord Buddy. But go check out the Chord Buddy. Buy one if you want to. I think they're 50 bucks. You get the whole training system. You'll be playing the guitar in two hours. 
or something. Check it out. If if nothing else, having it and showing up at a bluegrass jam session will make you look like the biggest moron in the world. But every guitar player there is going to want to fiddle with it. So maybe it is a fun thing to have. I might even get myself one. I've always wanted one just to kind of study how it works. But now let's look at reality. Take the top 100 guitar players in the world, whoever they are. Bring them together in a room. Kick out of the room any one of them who has signed a deal to endorse the chord buddy. Get rid of them. You're left with 97 other guitar players, world's greatest guitar players. Show them the chord buddy and ask them what they think of it. And I suspect they're all going to be curious. They're all going to check it out. And they're all going to say, that's really cool. And you might say, well, you know, should a person do this? And they might say, well, it has its purpose. Being able to just push a button and strum could be useful. Maybe you're the guy who threw a horrible sawmill accident. You've only got one finger. Maybe, you know, that would allow you to play. So there is a place for this. Um, get all their opinions. Ask the experts. And then ask them this question. If I buy the Chord Buddy, will it help me along the path towards playing more like you, Tony Rice? I think they would have to say, no, it's an interesting little gizmo. It's a shortcut for people that really don't want to learn to play. Might be fun to fool around with. And I'll probably get sued by a chord buddy. Actually, I recommend it. And as if nothing else, as a novelty, I think it's a cool thing. So don't sue me, chord buddy people. I am recommending your product. But I think even the Chord Buddy people would admit that learning the Chord Buddy is not going to help you play like Tony Rice. Okay, enough about that. Instant gratification. It's cool. It's a cool concept. The play, play lightning fast banjo in three easy steps <laughs> ad that pops up on my own site. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't really think that's the way. The path to becoming a competent musician and ultimately maybe a really, really good musician. Becoming a good musician, which ultimately will bring you lots of satisfaction because you overcame difficulties to get there. If it's easy. It's easily forgotten, unappreciated. If I can just instantly turn you into a banjo player, you're not going to appreciate it. I mean, seriously, if I was selling this how to play the banjo chip for $999.99 and a few people started buying this thing, pretty soon there'd be like Earl Scruggs clones all over the place. And so... And probably there would be knockoffs of this thing 
and the price would begin to drop as it sold more into the market. And eventually for $29.95, you can just hold this thing to your forehead and anybody can play like Earl or like Chris Thiele or like David Grisman or like Bela Fleck or classical music, jazz, you name it. Pretty soon you'll be able to just get this little thing. It's It's got a USB cable and you plug it into your Macintosh and it's got a wire and a little suction cup and you lick the suction cup and you just stick it on the side of your head and you go to Amazon or iTunes and you just download Ability Pack 128 Paganini, what, you know, $1.99, you download it, you get out your violin and you're just wailing away. There's not going to be much satisfaction in that. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Might be fun to try, but if everybody can do it, you could take a chimpanzee, put the little suction cup on his head, push the button, hand him a banjo, and listen to him tear it up. And he's playing good. Well, it's not going to be very impressive after a while. Any fool can do this. And if any fool can do this, so what if you can do it? The wonderful thing about music and if you're diligent, you've got that bulldog determination to just continue, continue, continue. Not everybody can do this. As I've said in a previous podcast, most people will quit. Most people will quit somewhere along the line. Most people will not follow the path and will not become good musicians or great musicians. But if you do, you're something special. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you'll come back for more. Visit my website, bradleylaird.com, or at least come over to the podcast page, grasstalkradio.com, and check out the show notes. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.